we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the surprising power behind our need to feel socially connected with special guest Vivian Zayas. You'll also learn about some ways to make your commute a little happier. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Research shows that when humans feel left out, they feel it in a powerful way. That's according to a lot of research into social exclusion and feelings of loneliness, including some from the Personality Attachment and Control Laboratory at Cornell University. We have an incredible story about that work on today's edition of our Mentality Mondays miniseries with the director of the lab, Vivian Sias. She told us that humans are inherently social beings who want to belong and connect, and our default mode is being in relationships. There's an argument that from an evolutionary perspective, that's good, because when we're socially connected, we have better access to shelter, allies, potential mates, and lots of other great stuff. But there's a flip side to wanting to feel included. Here's Professor Tsias with more. We're very sensitive to being left out. And when we're left out, it triggers this alarm, this psychological alarm. And that alarm is subjectively felt as sort of pain. Like when we're left out, when we're rejected, when we're not part of a group, it elicits distress and it elicits what's called social pain. And there's work showing that social pain overlaps with physical pain. So it's painful. And, you know, that pain should be adaptive in that it should motivate us to want to reconnect, to see how we can mend the ties that it might be threatened. So there's a lot of work on that. And one way in which it's studied is called cyberball. Basically, participants come into the lab and they're told they're going to play a virtual ball tossing game with people who are joining the game remotely. So they're not present physically, but they're joining the game and it's computer mediated. And basically, everybody has an icon and you throw a ball to one another on this virtual ball tossing game. What the participants don't know is that the two other people that they're playing the game with, so it's a game with three people and the participants won, they don't know that the two other people aren't really participants. They are icons that are computerized by the experimenter to behave in a certain way. And in the inclusion condition, the participant receives the ball from the other players. So you just play catch and everything's fine. They feel, okay, nothing exciting happened. But in the critical condition, which is called the exclusion condition, the two other players initially throw the ball to the participant, but after one or two ball tosses, they stop throwing the ball to the participant and throw the ball to each other. And so they essentially leave the participant out of the ball tossing game. And the participants left there just looking at the two other people throw the ball back and forth to one another. Now, one might think that who cares if these two other people are playing this virtual ball tossing game and not including them? You know, this is a meaningless game. It has, you know, I don't know these other people. But this manipulation of being left out of this ball tossing game elicits distress. People feel bad. Their self-esteem takes a hit. They feel like they don't belong. Life is less meaningful, and they feel like they have less control in their lives. So that's the standard way in which social exclusion is studied, um, or one of the standard ways. And they've done studies where they tell participants The behaviors of the other two people are scripted. The other two people are being told to not throw the ball to you. And even when participants receive that information, they still feel bad. Wow. 
Um, then they're told, in another study, they said, these are people who are part of like the KKK. So a group that most people do not want to affiliate with. And even in that situation, people feel bad if they're left out. Wow. Even if wow. they're left out of an interaction with two people that are part of an undesirable group, they feel bad. Even if they're told there's a computer glitch, the other two people cannot throw you the ball. <laughs> what? People still feel bad. Wow. And I think the argument is that we have, again, you know, if you didn't stay a part of your group, if you somehow were left out of your group, you were not going to survive. We have a very uh, powerful alarm that errs on the side of detecting exclusion, even if it doesn't occur, even if it's not occurring. And so we're okay if there's a false alarm. We wouldn't be okay for misses. So the uh, metaphor I like to use is sometimes I'm, c- I'm cooking french fries on the stove and there's smoke. And I'm like, oh, no, the alarm's going to go off. The alarm goes off because there's smoke. Um, there's no fire. But we want the alarm to go off because it could be a fire. And we'd rather have a sensitive alarm go off to prevent the fire than to fail to detect a fire. And that's the same thing that happens with the system, that it's going off reflexively. There's a basic information saying you're being left out. And it's reflexive. It's automatic. And even when we have information to say, like, oh, this doesn't matter. They can't do it. You know, we're not being excluded. It doesn't undo the reflex because the reflex is automatic. Remember when I said that when humans feel left out, they feel it in a powerful way? Yeah, I wasn't kidding. Vivian Sayas will be back next week to talk about some of the implications of this research in the final edition of our Mentality Mondays miniseries. You can also hear her and lots of other interesting people on Cornell University's podcast series called What Makes Us Human. It features lots of fascinating people, and their episodes are even shorter than ours. We'll include links to that podcast and more in today's show notes. Today's episode is sponsored by Skillshare, an online learning community for creators. Skillshare offers more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more to help you find new ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. You can take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, illustration, and pretty much everything in between. We all know programming and coding jobs are in demand, and I've been curious about learning a little bit of code just to see what I can do. I tried a bunch of free websites and videos to try my hand at learning JavaScript, but it wasn't until I checked out a class on Skillshare that I was confident I was actually learning from someone who knew what he was doing. The class Cody's been taking is taught by a senior program manager at Microsoft. That's nothing to sneeze at. And all of Skillshare's classes are taught by real experts in their field or public motivational speakers. Today, you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Curiosity Daily listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com curiosity. Again, go to Skillshare.com curiosity to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com curiosity. I've got some good news if you're not a fan of your commute to work or school. There's some science-backed ways to make your commute a little less stressful and maybe even turn it into a period of productive, happiness-boosting me time. And this is pretty important stuff since studies have shown that workers rate their commute as the least enjoyable part of their day. So if you're like a lot of people, you'll want to listen up. Here's the first tip. Use the time to plan your day. 
For a 2016 study, researchers sent text messages to commuters every morning to suggest they use their commute time to think about what they'll do when they get into the office and plan out their schedule. And those participants reported feeling more satisfied with their jobs after two weeks of doing this. For your after-work commute, you can just flip the script and reflect on the workday you just finished. Second commuting tip, plan your weekend or a future vacation. A 2010 study found that people were happier before going on vacation than after, which suggests the anticipation for your trip could make you nearly as happy as the trip itself. And that suggests that you might get the same happiness benefits from planning a big Saturday night out with friends while you're commuting during the week. Tip number three, work on a goal. If you drive or bike, audio is great for learning languages and taking online classes. If you take the bus or train, you can bring along a craft project or sketchbook to build your skills. Not only will this help you reach your goal faster, but it'll also make you happier thanks to something called pre-goal attainment positive affect. Basically, the happy flood of dopamine you get while you're heading toward a goal. A fourth tip to improve your commute? Exercise. There's a boatload of evidence that exercise can lead to a boost in your mood and even ease symptoms of serious conditions like depression or anxiety. So try to bike or walk to work if you can. Even better if you can cut through a park or nature preserve on the way to work to boost those effects by just being around nature. And here's a final tip. Talk to a stranger. I know, it sounds scary, but we've mentioned this on the podcast before. A 2014 study found that even though commuters predicted that they would dislike talking to strangers, the group of participants who actually did talk to strangers found it a lot more enjoyable than avoiding conversation or even just commuting as they normally did. Compliment a stranger's backpack or talk about the weather. You might strike up a conversation that'll make you a little happier once you reach your desk. And of course, the ultimate tip, listen to Curiosity Daily. Heck yeah, because then you'll learn something new and you'll feel happier when you do. In just a few minutes. Of course, you're to the end of this episode now, so you can read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in, like I said, just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 